You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 173. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 173. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Ready to do this, baby? Hey, how you doing? I'm so glad to see your face. I know, I miss you. Oh, You've been I miss doing you. so much show prep. I know. So right now, at the time that we're recording this, I'm in what we like to call our hell week for a theater production that I have coming up that opens... Shit, it opens tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. So we have our final dress tonight. We're, I didn't tell you, we're finally working with real food. And working with real food? Oh, the dinner. The dinner mm. and like apple pie and lit cigarettes and smashing glasses. So we're nice. trying to acclimate to all these new props and stuff, but... Uh, it's been a blast, but I miss you so much. It's like been it's missing painful. each other because I'm I get home at night and then you're gone, and then I'm gone oh. at rehearsal. So sad. And then I have to it'll sne- change sneak Very in. Soon. Yeah, yeah. Very soon. So hey, pod people, welcome to the show, everybody. We're glad to have you here. I have a cool topic today that I'm I'm really pumped about because I think it's something that everybody struggles with. And it is called Pack Your Bags. We're going on a guilt trip. Family edition. (laughs) That's a great title. I love it. So this has actually come to us from a listener submission. And I'm just really thrilled about it because it talks about a very common issue that this listener had with her, her family that I think a lot of people can relate to. And how kind of the nucleus of it all is our relationship to guilt, like when other people inflict it and then we absorb it and take it on. Mm. So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. And I also think it'll be helpful as we kind of go into the holiday season, right? Because it's perfect. That's where we start to have all these obligatory family interactions. And sure. so I hope that today we'll shed a little bit of light on that. Uh, and I do have... A really, really exciting announcement coming next week. Next You're going to have to show up next week, Mr. Smith. I, well, I mean, I'll, let me check my calendar. Uh, boop, don't leave a message. <clears throat> you better be here. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm doing a brand new collaboration, and I will be announcing all of the details of it next week. Ooh. It's something I have not done before. And exciting, yes, and ah, I'm so excited. So oh, all so of that next week that'll be announced next week. So why don't okay. we why don't we pass the mic over to you for a bit, Mister? All right. So let's cue the music. Would you rather? Yeah, cue that music. So today's would you rather is would you rather have a hot tub? Or an Olympic-sized pool? Oh. Um, I think I... I Definitely, I think I would like the hot tub. Yeah? Why so? Well, what what the fuck am I going to do with an Olympic-sized pool? I sure the fuck am not going to swim laps. Why not? 
That's a great exercise. Get all Phelps? Yeah, get all Phelps on us. Oh my gosh. Does that mean I could smoke weed too? It'd be easier on your knees. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I just am like, what What would I do with that? I could really see myself decompressing into like a hot tub. Yeah, and they're great. I love hot tubs. At and they this, take up less at this space, age. But... I'm not stage. super interested in like, but but swimming is never has never been. If it was in your backyard, you would use it. I don't. Well, okay. So here's always my issue. This is even my issue with working out. Period. Is what the hell to do with my hair? So if I swim, <laughs> if you I just sw- put a cap on, that doesn't really work. It sure does. It's it makes it so you've got this halo of wetness all the way around your head. <laughs> You've got this little dry patch on the so top. So you wouldn't use a pool because it would fuck with your hair. That's exactly right. Oh, okay. A girl's got to maintain her dignity. Yeah. And yeah. and I, I don't really think you have a leg to stand on with, a, with a have, bald head. I have zero legs to stand on yeah. when it comes to that topic. <laughs> the struggle is fucking real. This, no, especially the longer it gets. I can't. I cannot be bothered with. I see. I see the struggle. Chlorine. I know it's real. And all of that. All right. So what about you? What would you want? Uh, I think I'd want the pool. Why? <laughs> wow. Way to crush my dreams. Jeez. Let's do all the things I want to do. Yeah. Um, because I would use it. I would swim for sure. And if we had a party, like tons of people could go into an Olympic pool. But only... Do you even know the, like, the stats of an Olympic pool? Like how big that is? It's pretty big. It's That's pretty like... Pretty big. Maybe it's we... huge. It's huge. We could... <laughs> we could... Um... Hashtag I'm with her. Um, <laughs> uh, we could always like build like a little floating, a floating hot tub <laughs> on top of. No, I was thinking we could build like a little house, like a little party center where like I could be up there, like a pontoon. <laughs> Put a fucking pontoon oh on our Olympic sized pool. Oh uh, my god! All anyway. right, all right, all right, all right. So let's talk about family guilt trips. <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> I wasn't really trying for a segue there, Mr. Smith. Oh, my God. I can't even. All right. So let's talk about this idea of our parents kind of throwing guilt towards us. And I find that this is a really interesting dynamic that happens as we get older and when we're in kind of our our 20s, 30s, 40s, our parents still have a lot of commentary about how we are living our lives who we're marrying how we're raising our children it's hard to get out of that mode for sure right so let me read through what this listener submitted to us let's do it and by the way if you want us to sound off on a topic that's really applicable to you in your life at the moment feel free to cruise over to thejoyjunkie.com click on podcast and you'll see a spot there where you can submit a show topic which we really love and then it's also helpful for me to know what you guys are craving and what you need help with and support with so it's a great pulse taker. It really is. It's <clears throat> and it's it's fantastic for me too to help me curate the content. Right. So this particular uh audience member was talking about a new relationship that she's in and kind of the history with her parents has been very, very abusive, primarily abuse kind of coming from her father, but then her mom not doing anything about it and kind right. of being in compliance with it in that yeah. in that regard 
and how she's worked through a lot of it through therapy and things like that. She does, she refers to being in a brown household, so I'm not exactly sure if that's considered Hispanic or what, how she's identifying, but that there is definitely a cultural element, which I Mm -hmm. definitely think is important because that's the case for many of us. Our culture tells us specific things about about you know blood at all costs and you know you stick together through family no matter what and which i really call blood thicker than water i call that what's family for bullshit yeah exactly so she's talking about her new relationship and so this is kind of the issue that's going on so she says currently i'm in a happy and healthy new relationship my boyfriend is unlike any other guy i've dated truly respects me and uh, she says they seem hell-bent. Her parents seem hell-bent on ending it. They constantly roll their eyes when I mention him, insult him, hurl racially charged insults because her boyfriend is white, demands that I get money or favors for him, and, you know, just all sorts of stuff. And, and then when she says I don't include them in my personal life, they accuse me of being cold and say things like, you better fix yourself. God doesn't like ugly. Whoa. <laughs> Which I don't actually think is true. Uh, <laughs> uh, how could you... How does how do you explain the platypus then? Stop it. <laughs> That's an ugly creature. How could you treat us this way after all we do for you? You are so ungrateful. I mean, that is just dripping with guilt. For sure. And my father's favorite, there's no sorry when I'm dead. You'll be left with the guilt of how you treated me. Wow. So that's some good parenting right there. Good Using Lord, religion guilt. and culture to manipulate your kids is nothing new in a brown household. As with most brown families, parents can't do any wrong and they should be allowed to do or say anything without consequences, which I have actually seen that quite a few, in quite a few of my friends' lives too. It's a never-ending cycle that I'm determined to end, and that's why I need your help. I don't want to cut my parents off completely, but clearly I need to make some changes, and most importantly, I need to protect my relationship from this bullshit. The question is how. Any tips on how to keep your relationship safe from toxic people? And I hope, yeah, and then she talks about grammar, and so it's no big deal. Okay, so this is this is such a great topic so thank you for submitting this to us so what i really picked up on in this particular submission was was this guilt element and i really wanted to dig into this because understanding other people throwing guilt in your direction and then our kind of gut response to accept that guilt and act off of that guilt and claim that guilt like that person is right here's a bag of shit oh thank you right exactly and then just kind of taking that into your house and being like yeah okay i'll allow myself to feel guilty about it so i think that there's a lot that we can kind of pick apart there so the first thing that i really wanted to underline and i think this is also why you know, I've gotten a lot of other submissions that are similar to this, and it's kind of this, well, I can't kick my mom out of my life, or I can't kick my in-laws out of my life, or family, or whatever. You actually can. <laughs> Most people aren't willing to do that. I have had people in my life who who have done that, who have said to their parents, who did not support their interracial relationship. They said, hey, if you want to be grandparents to our children, here's the ultimatum. You know, if you want to be involved in our life, here's the boundary. So it is absolutely possible 
to draw the line in the sand with family. It's just typically something that people choose not to do. Yeah. So I want to kind of unpack that. It is in the realm of possibility. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Most of the reason why we don't think we can is because of historical obligation and cultural influences. So the first thing that I really want to underline is there is a a primitive uh, physiological reason why we desire our parents' approval. So one is in, you know, for primitive man, if we did not belong to a tribe, that meant impending doom. That meant demise and death. Like you had to lean on de- on your family in order to live and survive. Yeah. Now, you know, and you've probably heard me talk about this in other podcasts about how there's a lot of pieces of our humanity that is still kind of left over even though our conscious mind has evolved. Like mm-hmm. for instance, we don't need our appendix anymore. We, right. we don't need that. Yeah. Uh, and we still have it. Um, we don't necessarily need to feel like we have to get people's approval in order to survive anymore, but we still are people pleasers, right? So there's sort of these components that really truly were meant to keep us safe and cater to our survival that now we no longer need. And the other reason why we desire our parents' approval is because it's fucking uncomfortable to be a disappointment. Yeah. Like, when would we ever say, yeah, be disappointed in me, that's okay. No, it hurts, it's painful, it's uncomfortable. It is so much easier to to get appreciation, accolades, uh, acceptance. So we're always going to be chasing that. If we think that we can control that in some way, we're always going to be trying to move towards that. Yeah, you're right. It takes far more courage, far more courage, because it's completely counterintuitive to everything we're taught to actually say, I don't need you to approve of me. I approve of me, right? That takes far more courage. So first of all, I just wanted to kind of underline that there is a reason why we don't want to rock the boat. You know, and then there's this other huge element of it's not socially acceptable. And it's very much not culturally acceptable in various, I know a lot of in Asian households, I definitely know in Hispanic households, it's like you, you know, even in a lot of like black African American, it's you, you respect your elders. Like respect is very much about the older generation is right at all costs like what Mm -hmm, she said mm -hmm. which is not that does not work for me but i also understand that the world in which i grew up in being being raised in a white family we i didn't have this overwhelming cultural tie to to elders or people being more uh um in need of respect. Yeah, it's it's almost like I'm older than you, therefore you must pay tithe. Right, that's you right. You know, it's kind of this like I'm older than you, so you must pay tribute kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. And um, I understand the need to or the um, the idea of, of respecting people for what they've gone through and their history and they've been around longer and all of that. Sure. But that doesn't negate the fact that as a younger person or a person that's, you know, down the line of your blood does not mean that that respect doesn't transfer to them as well. 
That's right. You know, it's a two-way street, regardless of how old or what position you're in. And that's exactly how you get respect, is by giving it. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. So I, I also think, you know, I don't want to beat this to a pulp because I don't think it even really matters. You're as right. far as like how we've been raised or anything like that or our culture or whatever. It could be a very strong reality, but it does not change the fact that you are suffering and you are making somebody else's wants and desires more important than your wants and desires. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you being offended by their comments about your boyfriend's race matters. Yeah. Your feelings of not being supported being supported matters. Uh, everything that you feel around this situation matters. But when somebody else hurls guilt to at us, whether they're a family member, a boss, a friend, whatever, our instinct, if we're rooted in sort of that insecure place or basically functioning off of what we've always been taught, we answer that guilt with, Oh, whatever you want must be more important than (laughs) what I want because the package of guilt, like when you give information wrapped in a package of, uh, or a coat, an envelope of guilt, it comes to you in a place where it's saying you're wrong. So when we, when we receive that, when somebody casts guilt our way, we kind of go, oh my gosh, if they feel that way, I must be wrong. I must be disrespectful. There must be something wrong with me. I must be ungrateful for everything Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. they've done. So what I also really want you to hear is that people use guilt because it is the only tool they have. The evolved person does not use guilt. But guilt sure as fuck is a motivator right? For sure. It absolutely gets people into action. It doesn't get them to feel good. That's for damn sure. But it really does help get your way. So they are using that because that's all they know. They don't know how to sit down and have an amazing conversation about boundaries or your wants and desires or championing you. They are doing what is within their skill set. Okay. So also, whatever they're sharing with you, And this is true for all situations of guilt, okay? I'll give you a couple of other examples as well. But whatever they are saying to you is their truth. It does not have to be your truth. So, for instance, when this listener was saying uh, that her dad would say, you better fix yourself, God doesn't like ugly, (laughs) that is his truth to carry. So you get to decide, do I agree with that? Is that also my truth? Or do I repel that and say, oh, okay, I'm going to allow you to carry that? You know, I have my my famous uh, house metaphor that I use in a lot of situations when I'm teaching. And, and this is so that basically the shortened version of it is that we are kind of like a house. You know, you think of yourself like a house. And we have all these intricate different rooms. Some are messy, some are pristine, some shit's in order, some's not. And then we have all these external things that happen outside of us. And so people come to us all the time and want to hand you like a giant pile of shit or leave a big pile of shit on your doorway. And that is like somebody throwing all of this guilt to you. And then you say, okay, I'm going to take that entire pile of shit into my house. I'll, I'll take that on. When in reality, you can say, no, 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 no. 
I'm currently not accepting any piles of shit. It doesn't, it doesn't mean it doesn't stink. It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean it's not uncomfortable. But it means you don't have to absorb that if you do not want to. My favorite part of all of that, and you guys couldn't see it, but she was actually scooping up piles of shit and carrying it into the <laughs> this, house. Yeah, this proverbial <laughs> piles of shit. But, it, but I often think of this, and this might be a really good visual for those of you out here who are really resonating with this. And, you know, kind of as you go into your parents' house or this could very realistically be your children. I see this a lot of times too that happens with people in their 50s and 60s really start to own their life and they finally stand up for what they want after failed relationships or horrible situations and they finally have found themselves and then their children don't like the new them. So when I'm talking about parents, I'm talking about that as it applies to this particular listener. But keep in mind that this can be any sort of family environment or friends or whatever who truly want you to feel what they feel. And this is the only tool that they have. So one of the things that I really like to visualize is you're going into your parents' house and the minute they say anything that is littered with guilt, like uh, like what she was saying, like there's no sorry when I'm dead, I want you to seriously visualize him holding a steaming pile of shit (laughs) and it's like you know gunky and dripping off his hands and he's like reaching over to and, and asking you please take this please take this please take this and you're there in that choice of I can scoop it up like I always have or I can actually take a stand for myself and say like if you continue to speak like that, I'm going to have to leave. Or I find that incredibly offensive. You know, it's a lot of times what we tolerate is speaking volumes to the other person of what's acceptable to say to us. That's so true. It's not just throwing a fit. It's not being loud and boisterous and Mm. and combative and having a fight. A lot of times when you sit in silence and accept and tolerate – you're saying it's okay for you to speak to me that way. Yeah. It's okay that your wants and needs are more important than mine. It's not okay for me to be offended. So true. We we teach people how to treat us through what we tolerate. Totally. Through what we choose to tolerate. So, I really want you to remember that all of this guilt coming your way is theirs to carry. This is not your burden to carry. However, It will not be without emotion. So that's one of the other things I find a lot in personal development is we think, okay, as soon as I have this great set of tools, as soon as I really am in touch with who I am, as soon as I do five years of therapy like she did, you know, then all of a sudden everything will always be fine. And if that's not the case at all, like you will go through shit storms for (laughs) sure. The difference is how you attack those issues, how you manage those issues. So now instead of saying to yourself, oh, I must be a horrible daughter or I must be ungrateful or I must be super selfish, you you can go, hey, that comment fucking hurts. That makes me tear up. That hurts in the pit of my stomach. And it's not my truth. 
Right. And I'm still valuable. And I choose not to believe what they are saying. Yeah. So there's kind of this double-edged hmm. sword because just because you choose that to not be your belief about yourself doesn't mean that comment will not hurt. Well, there's also going to be kickback. Right? Oh, for sure. So when there's kickback, that's the thing I think that's the the, the most difficult part about this is you get your tools and you kind of like get your momentum or whatever, your chutzpah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and you go ahead and you stand up for yourself in that situation, let's say. Mm-hmm. And then dad is like, what makes you think you can talk to me like that? Or, you know, whatever dad says. Yep. Right. And then they're like, well, I don't know where to take it from here. Yes. Right. So you, you get that initial like, uh, okay, I'm going to say it. And it's either taken how you taken the way you didn't mean it or uh, you say it with a loud voice or you know whatever mm-hmm. right but you just have to remember that these are things that you have to continually do to retrain people of what's acceptable that's right it's not going to happen the first time a lot of times no it it's going to continue to happen for a while because it's decades in the making right that's right. right and that's what they're used to it's what their neural functioning is allowing Right, that's their do, gut right? response. Those so are their go-to phrases. That you're reprogramming them in a way. You're saying, I'm not accepting that as an answer anymore. Try something else. And it takes some time for that to set in. So the, there's a patience in allowing people to start getting to that place of, all right, they're not accepting that from me anymore. How, how do I approach my daughter now? Mm-hmm. Right? And that's where you use your tools of, this is how I want to be treated. That's right. So I, you brought up a really great point too, because it's like, okay, after, after I've maybe set a, ba- a boundary or said how I feel about it, and then they go, they retort back with even more guilt or acrimony sure. or anger, then what? So a couple of things. One, I really want you to go back and listen to podcast 153. It's all about actually establishing boundaries and Mm -hmm. I cover a three-step process to what that really looks like and how to quantify it how to enforce it and kind of all of those steps so please go back and listen to that and I want to you to know too that all of the options suck I know that sounds really like great Amy but what everybody wants is a magic pill what you want is for your parents to magically be different and just accept your boyfriend right that's not going to happen So right now, as it stands, you have two choices. Stay fucking quiet and deal with this bullshit that's happening now, which sucks. Or you you grow a pair, start speaking up for yourself, and they hate you for it. It gets even worse and more uncomfortable. And that sucks too. So what I want you to know is there is going to be uncomfortable emotion. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But... This is about, it really is the lesser of two evils. It's like, okay, if it comes down to either me approving of me or you approving of me, I choose me. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. And I also, I choose the work and the pain, like the uncomfortable emotions that will follow suit. Because I think we, we, we think, okay, as soon as I'm going to, as soon as I feel amazing about myself and, and do all these things, then everything else will feel amazing. No, it's still going to feel shitty when your parents don't like you. Right. That's still going to hurt. Yep. It doesn't have to define you, though. Absolutely. And I did another podcast, too, about the pain 
of speaking up for yourself. Um, I'm going to put that in here too, uh, into our show notes. So any any of the things that we reference again here, you can go to thejoyjunkie.com slash 173 and you can find all of the various links to the different episodes that we've talked about. Okay. Because there really is a trade-off. It's not always, always shitting glitter, right? But the other thing that I really wanted to mention about what you were saying, like what happens when you do speak up and then it's not received well, you do not have to engage in any conversations you don't want to. Period. So there will be a lot of baiting. There will be, Mm -hmm. because remember, we're talking about very unevolved tools. So what do we do? We cast blame. Unevolved tools are blame, guilt. How could you do this to me? This is all guilt. But this is how it sounds like, right? Like if you start going, hey, no, I choose me, you're wrong. Or I don't accept what you're saying. Or I'm not going to tolerate that anymore. The immediate response of the unevolved person is defense. Like, oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. And so expect that that's probably going to be the case. It's even the defense of an evolved person sometimes, Mm -hmm. right? So it will be highly likely that they will say things to you that you will feel like you need to answer. You do not. So if if you, you know, go back and listen to the whole boundary episode... And you decide on exactly what you're going to say, what you're going to deliver to your parents, which you will and will not tolerate any longer. You you share that with them. They get furious and say, well, where is this all coming from? And blah, blah, blah. You don't have to go there. You do not have to go there. You can say, I don't expect that you understand this. I'm hoping that you can respect it. And well, well, what about this? And what? It, well, you're so ungrateful and you weren't raised like this and we taught you better than that. If you continue to speak like this, I'm going to have to leave. I've been nothing but kind. If you continue to to be rude and mean to me, I'm going to excuse myself. And they keep going. They keep going. Do not buy into it. That's where we get super muddled because you feel wronged. You feel so pissed. Like, how can they actually be this way? Mm -hmm. And so you want to go in and like school their asses on why they're so wrong. But that's not how it works, right? That's So that's going to take a lot of effort to not get baited into those conversations. So that's your choice too. Like, you know, there I did a, another podcast about when grace and kindness don't work. <laughs> and that was where sometimes, sometimes it is really liberating to just blow a fucking gasket and go off on someone. Yeah. I would say it's a very <laughs> small percentage of time. Right. And again, I'll link to that if you want to see if maybe that is warranted. But I think that one of our biggest misconceptions is that if somebody asks us a question or tries to invoke a conversation, that we have the obligation to answer the question or we have an obligation to entertain the conversation. You know, like people would always say like, oh, don't you want kids? Why don't you want kids? I don't have to explain myself. Just because the question was asked doesn't mean I need to engage. So I can say, actually, that's not something I'm willing to discuss. Thank you for asking though. Like you can shut that shit down. Same is true here. If they keep hurling insults, if they keep being offensive, you can say that. I find this conversation extremely uh, toxic and I'm, I'm just simply not going to entertain it. I'm not going to go any further. That's and you, such a bold stance, it, you know, like. 
Yeah. I love it. Yes. But would you tell somebody else you loved that they could do it? Well, yeah, you can do it too. Here's the thing about it is it's a pretty fucking bold stance to say what this dad is saying too. That's right. (laughs) You know, that's what I'm saying. Why can they say that, but you can't? Exactly. Just because you're older and you're my father? No, there's a respect here for both sides. That's right. That's exactly right. And that's what, um, that's why I said you being offended by him matters. Like, being offended by your father matters. Yeah. Just as much as what he wants. Right. More so. You can't just say whatever the fuck he wants to say. No. <laughs> right? No. You're a human too. Because it could be, I mean, and what are the, the different levels of abuse, right? Like, he could say something really biting about your boyfriend and his race, all the way to beating your ass. Like, all of it is unacceptable. Right. Like, it's his Choice. That's his responsibility to carry that pile of shit. It is not yours. So I would also encourage you to have respect to be the new baseline. So I've I've said this many times before. I do not believe that blood is thicker than water. I believe that respect is thicker than water. I totally agree with that. You do not owe somebody something just because you are blood. We are not obligated. Because as far as I'm concerned, they're the ones who decided to have kids. Yeah. So you do not have to do anything based off of the color of your skin, based off of your household. You are responsible to you and you alone. That is it. And whatever you deem, you know, your spiritual path, that is yours to manage and nobody else's. So for me, my baseline is respect. I will, I will converse with anybody, whether we have polarizing religious views political views as long as you handle yourself with respect parents family include i have blocked people on facebook i'm like family on facebook i'm like no if you do not (laughs) engage in my world from a place of respect then we're we're operating under two totally different governing principles so i i love myself too much to submit myself to that abuse period right but that is that is a kind of a mantra to adopt that respect is the new baseline respect has nothing to do with race creed sexual orientation job status it has everything to do with equality we both matter yeah that's what that is saying i don't know anything greater to operate under period so for me that works kind of as a grounding principle so that I can look at like, no, operating from a respectful place says I matter just as much as everybody else, period. All right. So and then the final thing that I really, really want to underline is that guilt is an uncomfortable emotion. So oftentimes whenever guilt is kind of being hurled in our direction, it is so uncomfortable for us to feel that, that we immediately want it to stop. Yeah. So, you know, we've used the example before. Both of us see clients. I don't really have this with my clients really anymore, but it's really common if you can't fit somebody into your schedule and they go, oh, you can't fit me in. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? You're my only hope. And maybe it's not even malicious, but it's that guilt that you are feeling, right? So what do we do? When we experience that guilt, we go, oh, this is uncomfortable. This is uncomfortable. Make it stop. Make it stop. Oh, sure. Let me fit you in here. Let me just rearrange so some things here. So true. Wow. Yeah. 
So I want everybody out there to start allowing room for the emotion of guilt instead of allowing yourself to be motivated to make choices you don't want from guilt. You need to sit through it because like any other uncomfortable emotion, if you sit through it, it will pass. So it's in those (laughs) moments of when you want to be silent, when you want to uh, run away, when you want to be cowardly, when you want to hide, when you want to give them, when you want to people please. When you want to make their their wants, desires, and needs more important than yours, you have to sit through that uncomfortable emotion of guilt and then choose the behavior that you really, truly want for you, not because it's motivated from guilt and for them. And that's a piece of our humanity too. Anything that's uncomfortable, we will always want to run from it. We don't like feeling pain. Right? So we're always going to look at like, how can I make this pain stop? But what we know is it's not working to please the parents. Right. That's not working. Apparently, yeah. So let's try pleasing you. And I will also link, there's another podcast that I did around our dealing with uncomfortable emotions. And... Uh, it's it's 155, I believe. So all of these will be linked so you can kind of pick and choose what feels the most applicable based off of your all, all of your individual scenarios. But I think that that's one of the pivotal pieces is guilt is so fucking uncomfortable for us to feel that we, we try to shut it we off. squash it. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I mean, if you have guilt about relationships in your past, that can lead you to uh, self-sabotaging and taking on only only new relationships that make you feel like shit. Because you're, you know, it can make you take on addictions. Like we do all sorts of things to not feel pain or uncomfortable emotion. But when you do, when you just sit with it, you can come out the other side and you are fucking powerful and resilient because you went through it. It's oftentimes, I'll, I'll use the analogy of like holding a yoga pose or going running and you're at that physical place where you're like, I'm going to die. I think I might actually die. And then you stay with that uncomfortable pain in your body and you plateau and then you get to the other side and you didn't die. You could hold the <laughs> pose. You could run that distance. You could it is the, the same game. thing with your emotional agility. Emotional agility. I love that. It's the same thing. All right. So uh, I will put all of those supporting uh, links in the show notes for you. And I think that's everything that I kind of wanted to talk about as it relates to guilt. It's not easy, my friends. But we're, <laughs> let me just say, we're all dealing with it. It is yeah. systemic. Oh, we yeah. are all dealing with it. So the more I can applaud you and tell you that it is okay to take a stand for you, that you are valuable, that you are important, and you can do all of it with grace and kindness, the more we can start changing this ridiculous epidemic of blood being thicker than water. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Respect, you guys. Respect is thicker than water. Any other final things? Um, you're just brilliant. Oh, you're my sweet pea. You're brilliant. Like, that's brilliant. To be able to sit through guilt, that's, that's awesome. Because, you know, just seeing that we can turn that off is is uh or, or that we don't have to turn it off that we can sit through it that's right that's awesome cool cool all right guys so we'll see you around these parts next week well we'll have an awesome announcement for you here's to loving and living your most badass life mr and mrs smith out